If I had to title this, I would say, Why Church? Um, Or maybe The Case for Church, or something like that. I'm going to read some statistics. I'm going to do a little bit of reading, then I'll just talk. Roughly three-quarters of Americans claim to be Christians. About a third of Americans claim to attend church on a regular basis, meaning once a month or more. About a third of Americans consider themselves to be born-again Christians, meaning that they've prayed the prayer. But only 7% of Americans would be considered evangelical Christians, which is accepting Jesus as Savior like the born-again Christian, but also believing that their faith is important in everyday life, believing that they carry personal responsibility to share the gospel, believing that there is a Satan and a hell, believing that Jesus lived a perfect sinless life, believing the Bible is authoritative and correct, believing that salvation is attained by faith through faith and not by works, and believing that God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and the creator of the universe. According to those statistics, that would mean that 79% of people who attend church on a regular basis do not fall into the evangelical Christian category. So four out of five attending church attenders are not like evangelical. I have a calling on my life. Jesus died, rose again. God's the creator of the universe. The gospel is the only way to the Father. Um, now, this information was collected by a group called the Barna Group. Um, they, did a, they did this research in January of 2016 um, by doing random phone calls and um, internet surveys um, that were targeted at different demographics throughout the U.S. Um, they did about 5,000 surveys. So 5,000 out of a population of 300 million isn't very much. So I don't know how accurate this is to the entire American population, but at least they tried and gave us a little bit of an idea. And I don't know about you guys, but in my life, in the people that I encounter, and the Christians even that I encounter, I would find this to not be surprising. Um, unfortunately, it's, it does not seem like it would be surprising. Also along these lines, just in my personal encounters with people, um, I've seen a lot of people, I grew up in the church, and a lot of the people that I've grown up with in the church um, now either are just very unsure w- what they believe or they're pretty confident that they don't want to have anything to do um, with this Christian life. And, and that's just, it bothered me um, because I'm, I'm wondering, maybe it's always been that way, but I'm just wondering why, why am I seeing what seems like more and more people moving away from um, the, the faith that were, that were brought up in, in the faith? Um, I think part of it is this. We live in a fast-paced world where nothing s- stops. Our culture doesn't stop. In the past 20 years, the Internet's gone crazy. We're always on Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest or Instagram or whatever you might be on. Or just researching. I know I'm always on the Internet. Even if it's not social media, if I, have a, I think of something that I don't know the answer to, and I'm like, Google knows everything. And I'm always, like, I'm glued to my phone. And... And there's, between the phones and the sporting events, and I mean, football's on Sunday, and a lot of times golf is on Sunday, and all these different things that, are, that happen on Sundays because we work every other day of the week. A, a lot of Americans now work at least six days a week, um, where that used to not be the norm. And, and so there's, Sunday's like the only day that we have to just 
enjoy life. And so there's so many things between, between the fun things and the fishing and the hunting and the internet and the, all these things in, the, in family and friends and church. All this stuff is fighting for our time and for our attention. And so we're forced to prioritize something. We're forced to choose between things because we can't do everything. We can't, we can't go to the football game and go fishing on my Friday night and hang out with my family and make it to church on Sunday morning and, do, and, and still make a living. We just can't do it. So we're forced to choose. So as a believer, my question is why should we choose church? Why is church important enough to come to? Why is it important enough to wake up on a Sunday morning and get my family out of bed and dressed and wait for my wife to put her makeup on and get out the door and come here. Why is it important enough to do that? Is it just an obligation or is it simply a place to come and to sing songs and to maybe hear a good challenging sermon and then go home? Or what, what is church? In your mind, when you think of church, what do you think of? Do you think of the service? Do you think of the sermon? Do you think of the worship? Do you think of the friends you're going to see? Or is it maybe all those things? Some of the excuses that I hear for not coming to church are, it's just been so busy, we needed the morning to rest. Just a lot going on in my life right now. I needed space. I just didn't want to be around people anymore. Well, I have my church on the water, or in my tree stand, or on the golf course, or at Bedside Baptist, or whatever you want to call it. Or I tune into Joel Osteen on the television set why is it important for us to actually come here into this building we know that church isn't a building we know that it's not the place but why is it important for us to come here and be together I grew up um, in a Mennonite church a few miles from here and we went to church every single Sunday for Sunday school for church most Wednesday nights most Sunday nights it was like Every time that church happened, we were there. And for the most part, I loved it. I loved growing, I loved growing up in that. Um, but as I got older, um, I struggled a lot with some of the theology and the feeling like, what's the point of this? Is it just taking up? I could be doing something else on my Sunday evenings. I'd, le- I'd rather be hanging out with my friends. I'd rather, you know, all these different things because it felt like all the church was was getting together and listening to a sermon, and then we leave, and we forget what we heard, and we don't practice it anyway, and it just felt religious and rigid, and it was just something that we did, and there wasn't any real depth to it, <clears throat> but I still kept going, and I still enjoyed it. Um, my personal experience with church was that I've been hurt by church quite a bit um, because I got to that point where I thought, I'm not going to go to church just to go to church. If I'm going to go to church, there's got to be a reason for it. And so I started like trying to challenge people. And when I'd have opportunities to lead worship or to speak or whatever, I would, I'd try to push people a little bit outside of their comfort zone. And there was a lot of pushback and a lot of like framing me as a hypocrite or you know this, these different things of like, how dare you say that? Well, we do this and we do this. Why do you think that we're not doing good enough? And and, my, and I always felt misunderstood. Because I said, my, my point isn't to tell you you're not doing good enough. It's that we can't be complacent in, in feeling like we're just okay where we are. Like, why aren't we trying to grow? Why aren't we trying to... And, and so there was a lot of... 
in, in my experience with my church that I grew up in, there was a lot of hurt. Um, the comments that were made or just different situations that, that happened that were painful. Um, but at the same time, I found a lot of gold in that. Because along with the hurt, it's just like in my family, like Tammy said this morning, my wife and I also have disagreements. Plenty of them. Um, and sometimes we hurt each other's feelings and we say things we shouldn't. And, but at the end of the day, we, we love each other and we love our family. And, and the joy of being together and having our family together is better than, it's worth enduring the times where we're not getting along. It, it's worth it. it. I don't say, oh, you just frustrate me so much. I'm just, I'm done with this and leave. Because it's worth it. And so I found that also in my church. I was hurt. Yes, people hurt me. I hurt people. Um, Things didn't always go the way I wanted them to. I often felt like it was religious and wasn't necessarily full of life. But at the same time, the family that was our church was worth it to me to keep on going. And this really came alive to me when I was 17 years old, my family adopted. Most of you already know this, but I'll share a little bit of it just because some of you don't. Um, My family adopted a little girl um, who was a newborn, and when she was 18 months old, she needed a heart transplant. Um, So my mom and my sister spent the next five months um, at AI DuPont Hospital up in Wilmington, and for those of you that do know my family, you might know that my mom did everything around the house growing up. She did the cooking, the cleaning, the laundry, folded, put away, like everything. I didn't even realize how much she did until all of a sudden she wasn't there to do it anymore. And so for those five months, it's my dad, myself, and my other two brothers. It's a bunch of guys in the house who have no idea what we're doing. (laughs) You know, and it's like, oh, man, I don't have clean clothes. Like, I thought clean clothes just come back to my drawer. And they weren't there. And five months of this, and, and what I found was incredible. Because although we, we still noticed it, that she was gone, a lot of those things still happened. I actually came home from work sometimes when I had no clean clothes when I left, and I did have clean clothes when I got home. Laundry was done. The house was clean. The dishes were done. We had hot meals almost every night for those five months. And that wasn't, that didn't just happen. You know, that didn't just happen. That was my church family coming. Even when I wasn't there, I don't even know. I still don't know sometimes who came into my house when I was at work. Maybe that's a little weird to some people, but I appreciated it. It's like, hey, the door's unlocked. We're going to go in and clean your house for you. And we came home to that, and, and it meant a lot. We would get gas cards in the mail because they knew at the time gas is like four bucks a gallon, and it's a 160-mile trip, round trip, and we were trying to go up and, and see them. You know, sometimes it'd be three, four times a week after work. We would still, you know, drive up an hour and a half there, an hour and a half back, and it was, you know, hundreds of dollars sometimes a week even um, in, in fuel. And we would just get a $100 gas card in the mail or $500 gas card in the mail or, you know... It, just people supporting us. And, and during that time of my life, I found that, you know what? I think I can deal with a little bit of differences between us for the support that I got. Um, and then again, I mean, my, 
up, up to that point in my life, we, I'd seen the community come around other people, um, but I'd never had the privilege of being the recipient. Um, and in the past five years, um, I have. And we've gone through some unfortunate circumstances, but I've been fortunate enough to see a community. And for, for some of it, I've been part of this church family and seen you guys come around us as well. When my mom got cancer and we walked through all this and my sister still has her medical things and my mom's dealing with chemo and radiation and she can't even be in the same room as my sister for some of the time and people coming around and taking her to doctor's appointments and my sister to doctor's appointments so we can all go to work and, I mean, just helping us function, you know, when, when we just can't. And then in, in, in the death of my sister and and seeing the community come around and not just not just send a text and say, hey, I'm praying for you, but actually, like, just being there, you know, actually being present. And, and even back to when, when my sister had her heart transplant, and we weren't part of this church yet, but, but a lot of people from, even from this church, Tim and Bobby and Dennis were regulars to just show up at our front door and say, we just wanted to come and pray with you guys for a little bit. And they would, they would cry with us, and they would hug us, and they would... I mean, just sincere ministry and, and support. To me, that's why this is important. That's why, that's why this church is important. I'm not coming here. I don't, I mean, I, I enjoy, you guys know, I enjoy being up here and singing songs and, and entering into the presence of the Lord with you guys and, and listening to challenging sermons. And I enjoy that, but that's not why I come here. That's not what, if, if, if we become about that, if we become mostly about coming to show, you know, to sing songs, we've become an event instead of a family. And that's not what we are. We're not, a, this isn't an event. This is a family. We're, this is our, this is our, hey, we came home from work and now we're going to hang out in the evenings. This is our time together. And so I, I want to just, I guess I want to challenge people in, in saying, I don't, I don't want anybody to feel like they have to come to church or obligated or that they're going to be judged or, or that they or maybe aren't as good of a Christian as somebody else if they don't come to church. That's not what, that's not what this is about. It's, I, I want you to understand the importance of church to yourself and to the people around you enough that you want to be here badly. You know, I'm... John Freed, I don't know where he is this morning, but not feeling well. well. Yeah, I was going to say, because he did get his schedule finally switched, right? So he works at Lowe's, and um, I'm in Lowe's often, and I'd run into him, and and he would always, he'd always tell me how he just really, really wants to come to church, but his bosses just won't change his schedule, you know, And, and he needs this job. He needs this money for his family to provide for him. And he's just been praying and asking the Lord, you know, to somehow give him off on Sundays because he just really, really, really wants to be here. And um, finally, a, a couple months ago, I think, maybe, um, he came up to me and, and he said, hey, my boss has finally changed my schedule so I can come to church. And he was just so excited. And it kind of put things in perspective for me because there's been times where I have, I, I'll, I'll admit it, there's been times where I haven't come to church just because I don't feel like it or because I'm tired, or I had a late night, or I have something more fun to do that morning. And I think that's okay sometimes, but on a regular basis, um, 
I think people like John Fried can kind of put things in perspective a little bit, where he really, really, his heart is to be here and to be with his church family, and he can't because of work conflicts and, and things like that, but his desire is to be here. And then some of us maybe choose on a regular basis things that we think are more important, like sleeping in or whatever. I don't want to get specific because I don't want anybody to feel singled out, but I can think of a lot of examples, you know, and, and I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's like a bad thing. I mean, there's, I've, I've skipped church to go camping and go fishing, and I mean, I, I don't think it's like every Sunday we need, we need to like be on people of, why weren't you here last Sunday? I don't, you know, but when, just be mindful of that, that there's people that would love to be here and can't be. And, and, and ask yourself, what is it, if I'm just not going because I don't feel like it, what is it that they're seeing in church that's making them miss it? Enough that like they're desperately trying to change their work schedules or even considering quitting their job so they can come to church. Like, that's, that's like, you have to ask yourself that question. Why, why is it so much a desire for them and I just find myself not even wanting to be there? Um... started talking. I don't know where I am on my notes. All right, I'm going to read this paragraph because I don't know if I can say it the way I wrote it. Church is family. Yes, we worship together, listen to sermons, hang out with friends, but let it go deeper. Look to your left and to your right. Actually do that for a minute. Like, look at the people around you. Do you know what's going on in their lives? Do you know the things that they're struggling with? Do you know the things they're rejoicing in right now? I'm not just talking about the bad things, but the good things. Just knowing what's, what's going on in your life. It's not a thing of being nosy. And, and for people who have grown up in a Mennonite community, I, one of the things I hear often is um, they hate people being up in their business because they've seen it become gossip. And that is, that is something that happens when you're in close community and you're in close family, people talk. And that is one of the negative things that comes along with closeness um, and everybody being connected through relationship. But I would probably argue, I'd most definitely probably would argue that a little bit of gossip here and there is worth, is worth it um, for the for the benefits that come with being part of a church family. Um, What if when you went to church or when you went to work to provide for your family, you came home and you never said a word to your kids. You just made them dinner and you put them to bed. Did you do your job as a parent? No. No. I mean, yes, ish, I guess. in providing for them, you pay the bills you made sure that food was on the table and that they had a bed to sleep in. But what makes you different than just some, say, state-run orphanage? They, they can provide for children. They can put food on the table and have a bed for them to sleep in. What makes you different is the fact that you actually love your kids. You want the best for them. You love to spend time with them. Your kids aren't just an obligation. They're your heart and your soul, and you would die for your kids, Right? I mean, I, I think most parents, and I think every parent in this room anyway, would say that they would die for their kids. 
if you just show up to church and you sit and you listen, you sing a few songs and leave, or if Tim would just march in at 10.35, so he'd make sure he doesn't have to talk to anybody beforehand, march up front, share what's on his mind, and then head straight out the door and go home, would he be doing his job? Or if the worship team did the same thing, if we just showed up, we sang our songs, and then we ran out that door as soon as we were done, would we be doing our job? Would that be treating our church like family? I probably love the idea of community more than most people. But church was never intended to be a service. The service isn't bad, it's even biblical. But when church is only a service, or even primarily a service, we've missed the point. Church is family. I'm not trying to sound like a hippie, and when Matt Rowan found out that I was preaching this Sunday, he said, Anthony, can't wait to come and hear you talk about how we should all move down in the church basement and share all of our food, our money, and our wives. You know? Because... Because he knows me, and he knows that that's, like, I'm all about community. I love this, and it's not, a, it's not appealing to everybody. My, my goal here is to make it sound a little more appealing. I'm not proposing that we move in the church basement and share each other's wives. <laughs> but I am saying, when we look at, when we look at the church in Acts, um, honestly, I feel like talking about this topic, I don't even necessarily need to bring in Scripture, because I think it's just common sense that relationship is just the way we're created. It's, we're created for it. Um, but I will, because, I don't know, we're at church and it seems right to bring in some Scripture. But in Acts, it talks about how the church, they did sell their possessions. And they put it all together so that those that had need were without need. Or at least we have equal need, I guess, was their thought. But hopefully they had a couple of rich enough people to make sure they covered the people that, that didn't. But they were willing, they cared enough about each other, they considered each other enough like family that they were willing to sacrifice what was their own for somebody else in their community just like you would for your own children. They didn't prefer their own families over their church family because there was no difference. In Matthew um, 12 we see at one point Jesus, I, I forget what he's even being asked, something about family, and he just stretches his hands out and he says, you are my mother and my brother and my sister. Anyone who is in the will of my father and seeks the will of my father is my mother and my brother and my sister. You are my family. There's no difference between them and between you. If we're in the father, then we are all family. When we look through the New Testament and even the relationship that um, the writers of the New Testament seem to have with the churches and that some of the writers seem to have with other writers, we see this, this family thing coming in. Paul often refers to Timothy as his son. And I don't think he's just saying it, oh, my son. Uh, uh. <laughs> he's actually like, like he feels the same way towards Timothy as he would if he was his very own son. In 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2, it says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, all in purity. The list goes on and on. We could come up, Hebrews ten twenty five says, Do not neglect the gathering of believers as some do, but encourage one another in your faith. 
the, the, I started, I just did a quick like Google search because Google, you know, we just talked about that already. And I was like, uh, church talking about family and, or the Bible talking about church's family. And it was like a, a ton of references. I thought I'd take up my whole entire time just reading the, if I wrote down every single one, I'd take up the whole, I wouldn't have ter- time to say anything else. It's the way that we've been, that God created the church to be. And he created us to, to need each other. It's been alarming to me to see, not just in our church. I'm not, this isn't to sound, I want to be careful. Because I, I, I want this to be, I want you to leave and think, man, I really love my church. I really love my family. And not like, oh man, I really need to come to church more often. Um, I don't want to shame anybody into coming to church. But it has been alarming, not just in our church, but throughout the, the church, especially in the U.S., um, the lack of commitment to just gathering together on Sunday morning. And I, I know that you don't have to um, come to church to be a Christian. You don't. Um, but I do think it helps. And I, I do think that our personal relationship with the Lord um, is influenced by our involvement with each other. Because, because our faith wasn't ever intended to just be... We, we've, especially in the U.S., it seems like more than other places that I've been, there seems to be this stress of a personal relationship with Jesus. A personal relationship with Jesus. And yes, that's important. And I, I think that the heart behind that became, or came more from... Um, God loving you as an individual and you taking like personal, you personally being emotionally and spiritually involved and not just showing up to a a service. But I think that we've almost taken it so far that I I hear people a lot say things like, well, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. And I think that they're starting to miss the point. Um, one thing I want to share is when I was in Nashville with YWAM, we visited a church there, and the pastor was sharing his testimony. And um, it, was a, it was a younger church full of younger people that were hipster. You know, most of them had tattoos and dreads and smoked cigarettes outside as soon as the service was over. And, um, you know, it's just the, the type of crowd that you wouldn't necessarily, like, if you met them on the street, you wouldn't think that necessarily they were a Christian. But this, the way that this church was founded, the pastor included, is they were not Christians. But some of them had grown up in, in the church and had been hurt by the church. Some of them just saw the church from the outside and realized they didn't fit in and wanted nothing to do with them. But they were very interested in the story of Jesus and in the life of Jesus. And so they somehow found each other and they started meeting in a bar um, on Sunday nights, and that's where their church started, was in a bar. And they just got into scripture, and they started, like, just trying to figure out who this Jesus is, you know? And and the whole time, they almost would have said that they hated the church. They definitely had no interest in being involved in the church whatsoever, but they were very interested in Jesus. And so they're meeting. They start meeting on a regular basis, and they start, you know, learning about Jesus, and they're falling in love with Jesus, and they're reading his word. And as they're maturing 
in their new relationship with the Lord, they together without, I love this because it shows how the Holy Spirit works. Um, he doesn't need people to be his voice. He uses people to be his voice, but he can do his job on his own. <laughs> but on their own, in seeking the Lord together, the Holy Spirit convicted their hearts about how they don't love the church. And he just told them simply, um, how do you expect to love me when you don't love my bride? And so that, like, it, that conviction fell on them hard. And they ended up, you know, they, they got a, a church building. They started actually meeting in a church. And, um, and they started trying to kind of connect more with the different churches in the, in the community. And they ended up falling in love with the bride, like Jesus. And they, I mean, they love being connected to, to churches now. And they see the importance of family. And, and I love that. Because um, I don't, I do think that you can be a Christian without going to church. And like in their case, I think you can be a Christian without even really liking the church. But I think as you, as you grow and you mature in your walk with the Lord, he's going to give you love for the church because he loves the church. Um, even with their flaws, even with their, you know, imperfections, he loves the church. Um, I want to challenge you guys to have kids um, to somehow make, somehow think or pray. I'm not going to tell you how to do it because I'm not sure. And I'm not there yet because my kid just loves playing in the back. So it doesn't really matter to him what goes on in here. But I want to challenge you parents to really be praying about what this question of what is church and why are we going to church and then communicating that to your children. Um, because we're, I'm seeing a lot of, or I think we are seeing a lot of kids growing up and being uninterested in church because it's become so much ritual and so much just religion and we're just coming and going and there's, and, and what is it about it? And I would suggest that what's special about church is, is that we're family. And so trying to find ways to connect your children into our family, um, I think that's what's going to keep keep people coming to church. Um, that's kind of the main thing I had to say this morning. You know, I just, I, I want you guys to know that um, Whitney and I are here. We're members here. We love you guys. Um, I don't honestly know that we'll be here forever. In fact, I have a suspicion that we probably won't be. But you guys are our family. And and if we leave, or when we leave, or wherever we go, um, we won't be leaving because we don't like you, or because we want to be somewhere else. We'd be leaving because the Lord's taken us somewhere else, and we still want you to be our family. And I just want—I just wanted to say that publicly this morning. That that's you guys are my family, and and you're important to me, and. There's a lot of things going on in our church and individual lives. Um, and I don't do necessarily the greatest at getting involved in everybody. And also, not to go off on a rabbit trail, but I want to put a plug in for small groups. Um, how many small groups do we have in our church right now? Just two. Okay. So one meets at Andy and Becky's, and the other meets at Keith and Anita's. So they're both on the same road 
on the same property. Um, <laughs> but um, I've, I've heard some interest from other people about starting a small group if there's people interested in their area that don't want to drive to Harrington um, or if our small groups start to get big. But, but for Whitney and I, um, like I, I grew up around here. Whitney didn't. I knew a lot of people in our church. But honestly, since we've been here, um, a lot of the people that I knew growing up are no longer here. And a lot of the people that now are here, I don't know that well. Um, but small group was a way for us to really feel like we're not just coming to a service, but we're actually connecting with people. And it might not be with everybody, but those four or five or six families that gather together on Wednesday nights to, you know, eat, have tacos and talk about Jesus and just hang out together. Sometimes we don't even get into the word. We're just hanging out, but we're being family. And when we go through difficult things, there's, there's been really good opportunities for us to be there for each other. Um, and support each other. And I just want to encourage you guys, if you are not part of one, don't look at that as like, oh, that's another, when is that? Wednesday night? we got to figure out how to, like, I just want to encourage you guys that it's, it's worth it. It's not an obligation. It's, it really is, it's a good, it's a good way to get connected um, in a church. I want to pray for you guys. Jesus, thank you so much for this church. Thank you Um, that I get to be a part of it. I thank you that you made church to be family. I thank you that you you demonstrate um, your own love for us in the way that our relationships were created to be. And that you make it easy to understand or easier to understand you as a father and Jesus as a brother and as a friend um, by creating human relationships that look or at least resemble that. Lord, I pray that um, that you would put it in our hearts to not let church just be an event that we go to, that we attend, or that um, we have some part in and, and just an obligation or something else to check off. But I pray that you would strengthen our relationships with each other, that you would create opportunities for us to get to know each other more, um, to walk through things with each other. I just thank you so much for the way you designed this to be. And I pray that we wouldn't neglect that, that we wouldn't just individualize our relationship with you so much that we don't think we have to be a part of anybody else. I thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you so much for the support that I have in these people. And I pray that you would help me to be able to be the same support to these people that they've been to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, one, One last thing. That I, the whole idea of, G, of the bride being, or the, the church being the bride of Christ, um, has challenged me over the years. And one part of my story with church that I didn't share is that right before we came to this church, um, about four years ago, I was really, really close to just not going to church at all. Um, I was frustrated with it. I didn't want to go back to the church that I'd grown up in because I still loved them as people, but I was afraid that I would get so frustrated if I went back at some of the things that, just some of the ways that things happened that I would no longer love them the way that I should. <laughs> and we started going to another church, and then we, we were there for a few months, and it was a very small church. Um, and we were there for a few months every Sunday. And we were, I mean, we were trying to like get connected 
Um, and then we left for a couple months to go on a mission trip. And when we came back, we went back to that church. And we were excited to come back for our first Sunday. And I still remember one lady who had been there, I think every Sunday that we'd been there, coming up to us and introducing herself and asking if this was our first time um, to church. And I just remember leaving that Sunday and thinking, I have nothing, I have no desire to be part of this. Like we literally were there like 20 times and there's only 50 people in the room and you don't even recognize my face. Like, come on. (laughs) You know, it just, that bothered me. Um, And you know, it it didn't anger me. It probably did at the time. Not anymore. Because I look and I think, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I can get so distracted coming in and, you know, I'm, I am leading worship or something, and then I need to get my kid out of nursery, and he's got to get a nap, and I don't really take time to, like, look around the room and see who's here, you know, and, um, and just get to know people. So I, I get that. I'm, I'm guilty of it. But um, I wanted to share that part with you, that I, I have been there where I'm frustrated and have no desire to go, but I, I got to the point where I'm either going to give up completely on church or... Um, I'm really going to put myself all the way in and see what happens. Um, And I decided to put myself all the way in and see what happens. And I'm just so thankful that I did because I love being part of this church. I love being part of of you guys. And I think, I think, I hope that if any of you are in similar situations, that if you decide to put yourself all the way in, you'll come to the same conclusion. Um, but one of the things that kept me, that made me decide to do that is I thought about the, the church being the bride of Christ. And I said, well, I don't want to be done with Jesus. Um, but if I put myself in Jesus' shoes, then I'd say, well, I can treat you like we can be friendly, but we're probably not going to be best friends if you hate my wife. Um, so that kind of got me to where I'm like, well... If I want to be best friends with Jesus, then I probably should try real hard to love his bride. 